Welcome back, nerds, to the Game of Nerds podcast, where there's no shame in having an unhealthy obsession with a fandom. I'm your host, Shannon, and on today's episode, we're talking all about cosplay. Joining me today is a content creator who specializes in cosplay, our very own Mass Mateo. How are you doing today, sweetheart? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I am so glad that we finally get to sit down and chat. You are known for being an amazing cosplayer. Everyone knows you as Mass Mateo, the Nightwing. You specialize in building stories alliance with your characters that you cosplay and on instagram you just dropped your latest cosplay trilogy for dick grayson frankly you're the reason we have cosplay content and a cosplay team it's because of you so really this podcast episode is because of you now i think I, if anything i just help augment your ideas and we we blend so well when once we reached out to each other and it was a collaborative effort so thank you Well, I always love when people reach out and say, hey, this is what the site's lacking. And, you know, this is how we can make it better. Um, That's really how TGON has grown. Before we jump into talking about cosplay more, we like to start all our podcasts with what we are currently obsessing about, uh, what you're nerding out about. So what are you obsessing about? What's taking your money? Uh, Top of my head, what I'm obsessing about is... My latest uh, cosplay right now is my bat suit of Dick Grayson, and I'm just finding a little knickknacks that I just want to keep adding to it. So whether it's like maybe I should get like a little gadget inside of the pouches. Let me go look on there, and then all my money is like, you know. And then in hindsight, when I start looking back on some of the things I buy for my cosplay, I'm like, did I really need that? Like, did I? I know, I know, right then and there, if you would ask me in that spot, like, yeah, no, I need it. If I don't have it everyone who is going to see me will never know that it's here. It's the details. Yeah, well, it's really just in my mind. Like, I really think that someone's going to be like, hey, what's in that pocket? And then if I don't have anything, they're going to be like, hmm, false, falsify, you're a false guy. Get out of here, you know? So that's just me just being nitpicky, but, you know, it's I do it healthy. I have been holding off on having this discussion with anybody else, but a quick discussion on Snyder's Justice League cut. You know I am a huge Marvel fan, and I've liked most of the DC movies, and I'm about to break some uh, news to you. I fucking loved the Snyder cut. Yes! Fucking loved it. All four hours, you just had a bowl, and we're like, Snyder, inside the bowl. It took me multiple nights to do it, okay? Because, of course, I have a child, and I have to have actual sleep here. But me and Andy were totally engrossed. I love the detail of the whole entire thing, the cinematography behind it. But really, the storyline was what it needed. Unfortunately, I don't think it would have ever worked in movie theaters. They would have had to either break it up into two they would have had to do something drastic to where it wouldn't have worked but the way it was released they they nailed it because once again parents and other people could stop midway through or stop where they could and pick up the next night or wherever they could and continue on all with the parts involved as well i actually like that they did that so some people who needed those breaks and like okay this is a quick intermission let's go let's wrap it up come on and then yep. get to it, you know, refill on snacks, get some drinks. That was me and Andy. It was like, oh, what time is it? All right, it's 11 o'clock. We got to wind. Okay, we're done for the night. We got to turn everything off. Like it was kind of like a hard, like, all right, we'll be up till 1 a.m. And that's just not going to fly when you have to be back up at five. But there's very few people who understand how much I want DC to be so good because I love so many of the characters in there. I just feel it hasn't gotten the justice that it deserves. And that's why I love you as a cosplayer because you're bringing such a positive great aspect to these dc characters that i love uh i think over time dc is definitely they're they're bringing stuff together and i know it's not just necessarily dc it comes down to you know big warner brothers in my opinion over the over the years that i really started diving down into you know the comics and the lore of it all because when i was younger i grew up watching the cartoons reading the comic books but i just did it as a super fan of just like it being there on both sides for Marvel and DC. And then as I got older, that's when I was more interested. Like, I want to know more specifically about this or that character and boom, boom, boom. And I always found that in comics, the storyline was always a little bit more realistic and, and just home hitting in DC. Um, Marvel just has great stories, which is amazing, of course. Um, but that's where I'm hoping that in the, 
I don't know what's going to happen with this new AT&T Discovery, Warner Brothers mashup is what's going to happen for DC. I think that's my problem with DC is that they spread it out so much with the CW. I think that's where I jumped back in with the DC, you know, universe was with Arrow and Flash and everything like that. That was a set. And then we got these movies you know peppered in and none of them really hit home none of them really were like oh man i love this um there was a few that were like oh yeah this, these are good they're not great but i feel like Zack snyder's cut was the one that was like all right this is what dc should have been to begin with absolutely i mean yeah he, he left room for each character to have uh enough time on screen to where you can actually understand like okay and then give me some background on this character or now I can connect. So fans, even if they weren't already a, a Batman, Flash, Justice League fan, whoever, they could find a character and connect with, with them on some level, the humanized uh, version of these superheroes. And it's just four, four hours. That's amazing to do for a director, for a film. I mean, I, I know people who aren't even like huge into DC, but they enjoyed the movie itself because they're like, this is a great movie. It is. And if you compare it to the original that was sent out in theaters to this one, it's so grossly different that when you watch it, it's like, oh my gosh, now it all makes sense. You know, like now that movie makes sense to seeing what it should have, the original story was meant to be. Um, I just can't give it enough praise. I really hope that Warner Brothers would turn around and say, okay, the Snyder universe is where we belong in DC. Is that your hope? I just hope, I, yeah, I really do hope that it's true, but it's kind of tough because now, uh, I don't know, we'll see, we'll, we'll see like, hey, Warner Brothers does not want Snyder continuing his his legacy or something like that or another and it kind of just you know it like the fans are the ones who who got this movie coming back and warner brothers kind of like you know now nah, we're good we're gonna go this route ben affleck is no longer batman it's gonna be michael keaton's the batman for this universe and boom 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 and it's just like oh man this is terrible because this th there's so so much to pull like you have all these characters and they even added uh, Martian Manhunter. So you have all these characters where you can each give them all a more, even more in-depth solo film. Zack Snyder pretty much just gave you guys like the biggest uh, starter package for a new world of DC. It was an Avengers starter package. Like, all right, here you could go this way. You could go this way. You could have, you know, you could have done anything. And it's once again, you would think that if Warner Brothers is in that money, we need to make money mentality and we want to keep fans happy. You would think that the Snyder universe would rule. But also, you know, I know there's a lot of fans out there who don't who don't like the Snyder Cut and thought it was just too much and everything like that to each their own. But for a girl who is you know a Marvel lover, uh, I was really 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 impressed with uh, the Snyder Cut. And if you have not seen it, listeners, please please spend the time and watching it. You can break it down in multiple nights, like we've been talking about. Now that we have this Justice League discussion out of the way, let's talk cosplay. It is no secret I'm a huge fan of your work and what you have done since you started with the Game of Nerds three years ago. Most people know you for your Dick Grayson Nightwing cosplay. You're known as the Nightwing, as we've talked about. You've caught the attention of Warner Brothers, DC Comics. You just recently revealed your version of Dick Grayson's Batman on social media, which is absolutely amazing. I guess we should start at the beginning. What really got you into cosplay? Uh, the infamous opening question um i always said that i never went to a convention i never um i never cosplayed before i just woke up one day and literally just thought i want to do this that looks fun why not so let me just go off and go but me being the person i am i don't like to do anything um you know at a, at a halfway tier of quality i want to go all out if i'm going to do something Ron Swanson it. Don't half-ass something, whole-ass it. Yeah, whole-ass it. Um, and I think around the time, uh, I was definitely more invested with uh, Marvel at the time just because DC didn't have, you know, what we wanted, you know. They weren't, they didn't have the hard-hitting home. So I was just like, man, I really want to get into this. It's cosplay. Let me figure out who I really, not just like, but someone I really connect with. And going through going through going through i'm like why not just start start with my favorite character which was deadpool so uh ironically enough the movie already came out deadpool 2 was already on the rise um 
and it was a hit personality. It was just fun and playful and tasteful. And I, you know, went out and did my research and looked for some of the best top tier uh, suit creators for it. Found a local company over in uh, California and got my measurements, got the suit months later, and then boom, I was, you know, under the alias of Deadpool Mateo, and I was going to conventions and dancing my little ass off. We have plenty of videos of the of you dancing and having so much fun. Did you, in your head, always know you wanted to wear a mask? Because all your cosplay had been masks. Nobody knows who you really are, um, you know, but me, ha, ha, ha. But the reality is, is did you know in the back of your head you always wanted to be masked? Uh, for the most part, I did. There's times where I'm like, you know, maybe it'd be fun just to do like a an unmasking. But then uh, I remember as a kid, the thing that made superheroes so cool is that, you know, people didn't know who that person was. And there was so, just some kind of myst uh, mysterious uh, energy and aura around them to make them feel even more real. So, you know, when, when you're a kid, uh, you idolize like, you know, like Big Brother or something. It's like, oh, my Big Brother is a hero and I know who he is and he's not wearing a mask. This guy's a superhero. But then, you know, you look at cartoon characters or even if you want to like uh, a theme park, like Six Flags or something, you see these characters like, oh, my gosh, that's really him, you know. Um, so it kind of helps uh, play to the illusion for the kids, uh, most of all. And then people who also have like that intense uh, fandom that are like, oh, this is amazing. Who is under this mask? Now I really want to know. So it just intrigues them even more. You've had like a good progression over the last few years. You started with Deadpool. What, what, how, I guess my question is, how do you choose these cosplays? Like, does your heart and soul go, oh, this is the one I want to do? Or is it based on, oh, I like that costume? Or how do you choose? All right, so starting from Deadpool, I chose Deadpool. He's obviously one of my all-time favorite Marvel characters. I know a lot about him and his background, um, even though my cosplay now is predominantly DC characters. Um, but with Deadpool, uh, what hit home starting off was that Rob Liefeld created him and debuted him February 3rd, 1991, which was the same day that I was born. Um, he dealt uh, with a lot of his issues and problems through jokes and laughter, uh, whether someone was uh, was just attacking him. He was, he had always had a time just to be, uh, just funny. And I thought I was a pretty funny kid growing up, you know? Um, you are, you still are. You are like one of the funniest person and nicest. You always have a positive vibe about you. And that's why I love you. Um, because you just, you can always put a smile on my face and you put a smile on a lot of people's face, especially when you go out to these conventions, you talk about dancing, you talk about interacting with these people, you go above and beyond. I try, I try to just uh, be a good person with it. Uh, I know that sounds cliche, but I mean, uh, we, we don't live in the perfect world. We do live in a world where people will just go over the top for these cosplays. And then you do get those gatekeepers who are like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. And boom, boom, boom. And it kind of it kind of puts a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, whether you're a new newcoming cosplayer, an old vet cosplayer, or just someone who doesn't cosplay but always appreciates people who do. Um, so I just try to give them like the best of both worlds because yeah, my suits, they're, they're not, uh, anything that I would say are a low tier quality. They're very high tier. So I want people to feel like, well, this is really amazing. Is this person at, like, is he, is he standoffish? And then I come up to him. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? And they're like, Oh, no way. But it's kind of like method acting. I'm also in, uh, the character while I'm wearing the character. That's awesome. You went Deadpool and then I didn't you go Robin was your next one, wasn't it? Yes, Robin was the next one. Um, funny enough, a uh, little background. I went to my first convention, um, first major convention in Florida at Megacon. Um, and this was right when I believe we were already established together. Yep. And um, I was like, TGON, TGON, you guys got to go with TGON. I was going to go out there. Um, but I, I went there and I met a couple cosplayers that are now I consider family. Uh, Liz Wonder being one and Nashville Knight being the other. And uh, amongst a good group of friends, we all just had like the same interest, like, hey, make dope content, throw it out there, spread positive energy and just have fun with it. So we got to talking and uh, Nashville Knight needed a Robin. And I was just thinking, I'm like, yeah, I've been really trying to, think about rebranding because Deadpool Mateo just feels like 
clearly you're, you know, if you come to my page or my content, you know what you're going to get. It's just Deadpool Mateo, Deadpool cosplay. So I wanted to rebrand and I started thinking, man, what would, it, what would I like to have done? And I was talking to him and he's like, well, who do you like in DC? I say DC is the way to go. And I said, well, you know, Dick Grayson's always been my absolute favorite character. He's always positive. Even through his hardship, he just views life differently as opposed to Batman, who's uh, had the same trauma, but dealt it in his own way. So he's like, well, let's, let's find you a suit. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. So we did our research, uh, came across a page called Napier's Inc., uh, which uh, made, I think they only made one of two of these suits. Um, and I'm one of the owners of one. So, but we went after a different modified version of Zack Snyder's uh, Dawn of Justice Robin suit. Um, but then, yeah, that's just where it took off. Like, so we went there. Then the next con was later that year over in uh, Atlanta so at Dragon Con. And that's where I debuted the suit and which got a ton of love uh, from everywhere, which is awesome. Um, and then following from there, I changed the name from Deadpool Mateo to Mass Mateo because it just made more sense to me. Yep. And just keeping the mystery and just the mask, of course. And a lot of people uh, get a little kick out of it that they never see my eyes or my full face. So um, from there, I decided a, a while ago, as soon as like as soon as I got the great response from doing Robin, I was like, well, I'm going to keep following this character because I want to take people along with me and tell a story because I, I do my research around uh, the social media platforms. I see what people are doing, but I also look for what they're not doing. And storytelling of a certain character or specific characters, no one's really doing. Everyone, and there's nothing wrong with it. Everyone has like their own, you know, their own style or just they do a plethora of different characters. But I want people to come to my page and, and have like, oh no, you want content or you're looking for a storytelling or you're looking for someone who really invested into this character this guy right here, Matthew Taylor's page is boom right there. So that's where I went with the route with Dick Grayson. From there, I just took it all away. That is so awesome. And it's just, it's amazing to me because you're right. A lot of people when, or cosplayers, I should say, they bounce from character to character to character to character. You know, they'll do one convention, one player. I mean, my husband even will do a box just for one specific convention. I still like, I still obsess over watching him in those things is amazing. No, but your box is coming. We've already talked about this. Your box is coming. You just have to come to California. Um, and uh, Andy says that, you know, he'll he'll make a box for you and we'll get it done. Not a problem because we need a Nightwing pop box to be running around. Those, thi those things are a pain in the butt to, to wear. But really, like you talk about the interaction at conventions and stuff like that and meeting people and people being just so enamored with your cosplay and checking out the details of everything. Um, that's what Andy gets a kick out of, too, is just, you know, like meeting these people and people be like, how did you do this? Like, where did you get this? Like, I think this is so cool. And and occasionally you meet the dickwads who are pointing out the details like you said oh well that detail is wrong or you're missing this but for the most part it's the little kids and and the people who do appreciate it and go oh, wow that's deadpool or oh that's hopper inside of funko i have you at home like i said from the time that i saw him put it together you showed me and i was like there's no way that this isn't a hit like no, i've never seen it at any of the conventions i've been to and i've been to a ton but I've yet to see anyone, and I haven't been to a convention with Andy, and I want to, but be that as it may, as out of all the other conventions I've been to, not once have I ever seen anyone do that kind of cosplay. So, I mean, Funko needs to cut a check, cut a, cut a major check towards you guys. We talked to them when we went to ECC. They were quite enamored with it. They thought it was very, very cool. They knew that there was a lot of time and effort put into it. You know, a lot of these cosplays, I mean, talking about a lot of different cosplays in general, you know, not just, you know, costumes where you have to combine the suits. You know, we even have cosplayers on our team that, you know, custom make masks, who custom make all their gear, these foam artwork. There's actual legit talent behind a lot of these, um, the makeup artists, people who can do the makeup, holy crap um those people amaze me because i can't even do the daily crap like i can't i can't make myself <laughs> look that good on a daily basis let alone make yourself look like you know she hulk or um cheetah or anything like that 
Um, it's just, it's really amazing. Um, so once again, kudos to everyone who can, who has talent in the cosplay department, because really it is sheer, sheer talent. Um, now talking about cosplay gear, we talked about yours being quite, you know, it's an investment. Some of these cosplays, if you want to do it right, it is an investment. Where are you going to get these kind of things? Was it a process for you to kind of figure out what's the best route? Oh, man, because there's a ton. I mean, a lot of people, best easy route, if you're going to go, like, say, I need something quick, something easy, something on the fly, Etsy. Um, Etsy is always a great, like, source for all kinds of gear. Um, thankfully enough, I have a couple of people I met along the way throughout doing this cosplay journey. TD 3D Printed uh, over in Nashville created my Burgerangs uh, for Nightwing, and he also created my Nightwing Escrima sticks, which are pretty uh, amazing because it's like having a mini, not even a mini, like these things look like the legit Escrima sticks that Nightwing uses to fight. Um, by far top tier uh, quality, great price. He was super easy to work with. And even if someone was like, oh, there's a flaw, there's no flaw. I'm, I'm very particular when it comes to who I get my props and my items for because I'm, I'm a perfectionist. And if I don't feel like to me personally, it doesn't look to the best quality, um, I won't invest it or just follow through with it. So thankfully I've had a great experience with him so far. Um, as far as uh, just props in general, man, it, it comes down to what it is that you're looking for and your price range. So your budget, something costs $20, well, you can expect it to be $20 worth of quality. Clearly there's uh, a market for it and there's people who have talent and they know how to uh, do the things that you want, but it's not cheap. So um, it comes down just to, you know, pricing out your budget, then figuring out where you fall and then doing your research on what it is that you're actually looking for. Do you have a, any tips on how to vet some of these people? Because, you know, like if you're getting a custom piece done um, that maybe they don't have in their portfolio already, when you're investing this kind of money, you want, you want to make sure your money is being spent wisely and you're not going to get screwed over. That's the God honest truth. No, absolutely. And um, I'll tell you right now, I just took a risk when I first started and invested, you know, tons of money into these suits because uh, each one of the suit makers that for all my suits that I've owned, one uh one only lived in california the other lived in uh canada another in mexico and another one in france so me taking a big leap and trusting them was i was pretty much like the guinea pig for a lot of new cosplayers as well um, i usually try to offer my best suggestions on my page and help others who have questions whenever i do like a q a session but when it comes down to it it's more so about a quick easy way is to go to whoever it is page because they usually have a page because they want to market their work and go check out their tagged photos see who's tagging them because a lot of times when if you're if you're cosplaying correctly um, you're giving credit where credit is due um, we get the suits like myself if i'm wearing a suit i'm gonna make sure the suit maker the prop maker the cow maker the cake maker you name it is getting their credit because it's a it's a transactional compromise and it's just polite courtesy and i want them to get you know their praises for their great amazing work a lot of people say oh my god your nightwing suit is amazing how did you do it and i'll say i'll tell you how i reached out to my buddy and he's the one who created it and he will walk you through the process and um you just got to be up front with a lot of these suit makers or prop makers um because mind you it's, it's a it's an exchange for goods but also business I guess for a tip for new and upcoming uh, suit or prop makers, be flexible because a lot of times, you know, you're doing something for someone you don't know and they're buying something from you, someone that they don't know. So there has to be some sort of communication and leveling ground like, hey, let's talk business. Let's make sure if I if, I, if you pay for goods, I'm going to deliver it at this time. It will be ready. You know, don't throw all your eggs in one basket right away. Just a lot of times the suit makers, they don't accept money all at once like they'll do either payment plan or half the deposit first and then you get the other half once the item's ready to ship yeah well and that brings up my next question a lot of these cosplays you know can't be made overnight like it's not like you can go on amazon and order it next day ship i mean there are some and you're going to pay out the ass for it on amazon but a lot of these custom ones there they take weeks months to create what is the shortest 
costume turnaround you've had and the longest costume turnaround you've had? See, the shortest turnaround, I would, I would say is about six months. Longest would be maybe eight to nine months. Um, but that also comes down to what is it that you're ordering? Are you like me where you're ordering custom suits and you want them to be one of a kind? Um, both of my Nightwing suits, they're one of one customs, super detailed, super accurate to my liking, and they only fit me. Um, but those took time. Those took about, you know, seven, eight months to make. Um, and the guy who makes them, uh, his name's Laurent. Uh, his Instagram is gaslight underscore co. Um, it's just a one man army right there for your suit. So if you're going to one guy for, you know, a specific suit, you have to give him time to draw your design, make sure that you're happy with it, sort the fabrics out for it. Um, and know that he's also, you know, working with other clients because he can, he's able to. So that's what it all takes uh, time for these suits to come through. And a lot of these people we have to remember are human beings. They are not Amazon. They are not these big businesses where, you know, they have millions of workers. It's them. So if something goes on with them personally, then yeah, their orders may get backed up. It's not like they have control on it. And I bet you 20 bucks, they'd rather be working on your cosplay and working than dealing with what's currently going on in their life to begin with. So I think that's the that's ultimately what it is. We have to remember that these people are humans and single people who are running businesses and trying Absolutely. to survive. And just, you know, being uh, on the side of relevancy, I mean, COVID, it didn't just affect America, it affected everyone in every country. So um, I can say uh, truthfully with that side, a lot of the prop makers actually couldn't go to their studios to, you know, where all the supplies are to work on stuff. And if they could, they were only allowed to be there from this time to this time. So they took some of their work back home with them, which is something they don't, they shouldn't have to do, but they do it out of, you know, the continuity of just having good business relations with the customers. Well, even that, just getting supplies. For a while there, the mail was dragged down for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, you know, just trying to get the supplies you need to com to complete these projects. Has there been any real big lessons that you've learned in buying cosplay gear that you can share with everybody, or some big regret, as we say in our house, big regrets or regrets? Regrets, <laughs> <laughs> not even one. <laughs> um, one of the biggest takeaways is. When you're purchasing an item or good, make sure who you're purchasing it from um, has a clear understanding of what you're purchasing. And it's not all the time just the item itself. You're also purchasing the time frame that it's done, the quality, um, the shipping if needed, and uh, just you're really buying into that business, that transaction. You're buying a service, a product and a service. End of story. That's all it is. And that goes both ways. It's It should be clear across both ways for a prop or suit maker to understand that, okay, if, if I pay you and I give you a certain time frame on when I need it and the quality and, and how well it should be done, and if you're advertising this amazing product, I, I need to... Uh, be sure that you can deliver on time that we discuss and to the quality that we, you know, that you market and that we agree upon. And then that's where we, I, me personally, I lay everything out on the line. I say, hey, here's what I'm looking for. This is what I need in this time frame. What can you do and how can we, you know, collaborate on this? Because obviously I know a suit maker, prop maker, they have other um, suits and props that they're working on, but they might be open to start taking commissions. So a lot of times when people hear that, oh, they're open, that means if I buy right now, I'm going to get it that Amazon next day shipping when it's in reality, it's not like that. You just put your name on the list. So once he finishes up, he or she finishes up a project, they can then start to work on yours in a timely manner. But it's not a quick turnaround. If you want a quick turnaround, Amazon, Etsy, those are your way to go. What are your favorite things about cosplaying? I always like asking cosplayers this because it's usually a different answer with everybody. Kind of like the cliche cheesy answer, but it really is true. It's more so uh, my favorite things are being invested into a character so much that you try to become synonymous with it. That's just me personally. I want to be that character for like the youngsters and the kids that are just like, well, no way, is this real? Like, is this real life? Like, are you really the, the, the Robin, the Nightwing? Are you really 
Dick Grayson in the bat suit and all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, hey, you got to watch out for Joker. He's around here somewhere. If you hear anything, give me a whistle and I'll come do some flip. And they're like, oh, my God, it's just really him. Um, that's just one. And that's you get that a lot at the conventions, which is amazing because it's instant. It's everything's instant. They see you eyes light up. They talk to you, you talk back, and they're just like, oh, my gosh, I just talked to so-and-so, my hero, Superman, Batman, you name it. It's like Disneyland, but you get to go at your own city. You don't actually have to go to Anaheim or Florida for it. You can actually meet your characters at these conventions. I feel like this is such a great thing for families because a lot of these conventions are family events. You you bring your whole family and what you talk about is one of my favorite things that I loved about walking around the conventions is watching these little girls just absolutely melt when they see Elsa and Anna, you know, walking down the aisle. The fact that these cosplayers, like you say, there's a lot of cosplayers who, yeah, we're wearing the costume for the convention, you know, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm here just in my dress up. And then there's people who like you who take it to that whole nother level who are now on the floor with these girls and hanging out with them and acting, you know, acting like these characters so that they're immersed in the world. And for, you know, however long they're sitting there on that convention floor, they're lost in that world and they truly believe, um, you know, I think that's kind of the beauty of media, bringing it back to real life for the, especially for the kids. And even as adult, I always love seeing a really awesome cosplay. Like if you stop me dead in the tracks at a convention and I go, holy shit, that's awesome. You've won the badge. Like I, I know it takes talent to do those kind of things. I I make my husband's cosplays. I know it takes time, energy, and talent. And there's certain things I tell him. I'm like, yeah, no, we're not being that character because I can't do the the costume underneath or something like that. I'm like, that's nah. Just being able to show. I'm, I, honestly, I, I feel like I'm more of a canvas for a lot of the prop makers because trust me, I love the suits that they make and I would love to wear it and just be like, oh man, I really, because it makes me feel like I'm, you know, I'm invincible. I'm in control with this, you know? So if I can get into it because I'm a nerd, I'm geeking out over my own cosplay, which I'm happy about. And then seeing other people like, Oh, no way. I'm like, yeah, isn't it awesome? Like check this guy out, check this girl out. They made this suit. They did this, check out the fabric. They did all that stuff, you know? Um, and it helps because, uh, the prop makers and, and, and suit makers, they want to see their, their vision come to life. And if they, you know, if they make something specifically for you, cause you, invested into it they want to see that thing you know get its get its due diligence out in the convention you know it comes down to really just appreciation and it's really cool when you go out to these conventions and the actors and actresses notice the details like you're meeting with people of stranger things and like for my husband them going oh my god your badge really says hawkings like yeah we got it from this company over in germany it's like these details it's a team effort um you know every little piece was pulled from somewhere and you know from a creator's perspective i can only imagine you know you know for you for example you know if i created your nightwing suit seeing you being honored by you know dc and warner brothers i'd be like there's my baby mushu status <laughs> like you know like team effort like that's really cool that you got that far but you wouldn't have gotten that far if my cost once again my cost you weren't in my costume looking that damn good exactly and that's why again i always I always make sure I give praise and all credit due back to the suit makers and prop makers because without them, you know, I'd probably just be, you know, a guy in a suit or just walking around a convention with no mask. There are there any downsides to cosplaying? My husband just doesn't like when people tap on his box. That's his only annoying part. He doesn't like when people like full on like manhandle his cosplay. For me specifically, it comes to uh, my butt. <laughs> Uh, just because I've, I've developed like this little title and like just this, uh, this presence or this, this persona on social media and I play into it. Um, but I mean, like all conventions, cosplay does not mean consent. Yep. So you don't touch the cosplayer. You must ask. And, um, a lot of times, you know, people are get so excited and, it, you know, and I'm sure they mean well, but they're just like geek out. They're like, Oh my God, this suit, it looks amazing. I want to touch, touch, touch. And it's like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. You can't do that. One, because I don't know you. Two, that's not professional. And three, that's just, you know, you're a stranger. Um, and if you want to add a, a bonus fourth, it's like some of these uh, cosplayers who built these amazing foam armor builds. Uh, some of them are like 
it took hours upon hours to do. And like if someone comes up and pushes really hard or they think it's real metal or armor, they just ruined a, a, a art time, you name it, it just kind of crumbles. So I would say uh, one of the downs is just handsy, touchy-feely. That's exactly where my husband says, because we, you know, our boxes are made, you know, very particularly. And if you hit it just right, you dent it. I can't unget that dent out. So now the box is permanently dented. I can't just make a new box. Now um, you have to as a used Funko box. It, it really bugs Auntie because once again, he doesn't like when I use this term minty box fresh, but it really ruins his whole minty box fresh vibe. Okay. Yeah. Don't, don't touch cosplayers is the, I guess the, the general statement we're here, you know, and I feel like that should be common sense. We should, you know, you should be talking like it's one thing to admire it, but then it's like, Hey, can I touch this? Cause I just want to feel it. Or how did you make this? Can you answer my, uh, I, I would rather you ask me 9 million questions than, than touch my cause. Right. And I mean like the same rules apply. Like, Hey, if you saw someone out and about at a mall or shopping center and you're like, Oh, that backpack or uh, that, her purse over there looks amazing. I need to touch it. They're going to be like, what are you doing? You, are, you automatically know not to do that. The rules aren't off or any different when you step into a convention. So you don't just, Oh my God. I need to touch that. Come here. Chase them down to like get a hit or something. You would think, but once again, people are that brain dead into, you know. Brain dead or either just super like engulfed with like, oh my God, I'm here. This is it. Ooh, what's that? What's that? What's that? And it's like, hey, it doesn't apply any any differently once you step inside you know what for you what has been the best experience that you've had cosplaying that just like oh yeah this is why i do what i do the instant gratification of seeing you know these kids or just you know teens adults like just see their heroes and they're just super stoked out about it um that that's one right off the bat like i love doing that that's like the best part of cosplaying itself two is bringing these characters to life and then uh, as far as me personally, I've met some of the greatest friends who I consider family, um, like to this day out of it. And it's insane because there's no blood relation. We would have never met any uh, under any other circumstance besides like, hey, we're just like uh, Nashville Night and I were like, we're just two grown guys who you know, like Batman and DC and Nightwing and stuff like, hey, let's be buds. And then boom, it just we just hit it off. Um, same with Liz Wonder, like it's just it's something natural. Then it's like we put on this persona and we know like, hey, we're gonna go to work kind of like heroes. And then when we take it off, we're like, all right, hey, what do you got going on today? We're just you know chopping it up like normal. Same with you and I. I mean, like you have the entire TGON on your back, and I'm out here being as an ambassador, and people know what's up. But then once all this closes down, you're like, hey, what are you doing? Like, hey, did you guys are you did you guys move yet? Like. What's going on? Where's Andy's minty box at? <laughs> I love it, but it's true. It's almost like you know, the example I'm going to use. It's like you have your persona, your work persona, your real life persona, and then you have your superhero persona. Like, you know, yeah, you know, I'm Diana in my real life, but then I'm Wonder Woman in my secret life. You know, it, it's the same thing. You're Dick Grayson and Nightwing. Like, it's just your secret identities. And some people are lucky enough to be in your inner circle to know both sides of you. It also is nice to have people who understand the arena that you're in and, you know, the drama that can sometimes go with it, the hard ships um we see a lot of cosplayers as you know who try and apply to tgon they're like oh i want to make it huge like like mass mateo be like nightwing and they assume it's going to happen overnight that they can quit their nine to five job and that uh, this is all you do i know you're here to burst all their bubbles <laughs> yeah no you can't this isn't the end all be all i mean it'd be awesome if it was but uh you gotta you gotta take this aside and then if you make it into a profession itself then because you can there's people who, who definitely have done it um but it doesn't happen overnight at all it doesn't just flip and that's it because a lot of people see uh you know some of the success i've had as my cosplays they've been featured on uh on dc warner brothers stuff um just different pages for like nerdum tdoa comic book you name it all kinds of stuff but it wasn't like it just instantly happened. Like I invested, I studied my craft. I went to these conventions again, going to conventions aren't, aren't free. They're not cheap, especially the big major ones. Cause you got to invest in sometimes flights to get there. 
your lodging, the tickets, what you actually want to do, um, photography, if you plan to shoot there. It just depends on what it is. Um, but it does not happen overnight. Everything comes with hard work and some type of dedication. Well, yeah, you've you've put in the emails, you've sent the pitches, you've worked your ass off. Um, like you say, it it's not like these photographs take themselves. It's not like it's sitting on a tripod and you're just standing there with your eye watch going, oh, yeah, take the photo. No, there's photographers who are setting out. You guys are scouting locations. You're planning out these dates to shoot things. Um, I know you've been involved in movie projects and things like that. These all take time and energy and you wouldn't be in these projects if you didn't work your ass off. So anybody who thinks it's going to happen overnight, just like creating a podcast or running a website, it doesn't happen overnight. It's hard work and time, patience, blood, sweat, and tears. In that aspect, now that we've bursted everyone's goddamn bubble and they're like, oh man, now I can't, you know, I can only do this as side job. You mean I can't just, you know, show up for perfect attendance and then get 100 on my assignments? Like, you mean I actually have to study and do work? You do. You do, unfortunately. How does one not get discouraged when cosplaying? You literally can go on Instagram at any moment and type in a Q&A box and you get flooded. And then there's other people of us who can't even get one person to ask a question. So how do you not get discouraged in this huge social media world where someone may have a better costume than you or doesn't have the same research? How do you not get discouraged? It's really just taking a step back and kind of just looking at this like, hey, like this is supposed to be for fun. And this is just like a really passionate hobby. And it just needs to be, it does not need to be that serious. If you live looking at everyone else's success, you'll never really have one of your own. There's a saying, and it was kind of funny, I saved it uh, years ago, but I had it saved here. It says, don't personalize or internalize other people's behavior. What they do on social media or any other platform is not a reflection of you. Their actions represent them and where they are in their growth. Just observe instead of getting caught up in overreacting emotionally. So like for me, I'm not going to lie. When I first hopped on and I had my Deadpool suit, I was like, yo, I invested into this suit. People better love this thing because I'm here. And I didn't get that much success. Granted, there's a ton of other Deadpool cosplayers at the time and people who've been cosplaying years before I even started doing it. Um, but that's, again, where the point where I got into like, all right, let me let me just take a step back because this does not need to be that serious. This is supposed to be for fun. I just wanted to get into it because why not? Let me look at what they're doing and let me try something that they're not doing. And I want that route instead. So rather than just, you know, oh, pity me, this, life's not fair. This is this is dumb, like, uh, you know, whatever it is, like, hey, let me, let me fix it. Let me look for a different, a different way to maneuver myself through this platform or just through this entire community of cosplay. There's opportunities everywhere. You just either got to take it when it comes your way or you're like me and you start to create them and then you start opening doors for yourself, you know? But that doesn't mean you're not immune to the trolls. I know you get the trolls too. And, and you know, my general theory, they get blocked, they get deleted, and I don't have trolls in my yard, get out of my yard. But for some people, it really kind of hurts them and it can knock them down a peg. What's your best advice with the trolls? And who could tell you, oh, your cosplay is not good enough. You're missing, missing this detail. You're not the right gender. You're not the right size. You're not the right color. You know, there's so many things people can harp on and be assholes about and not take it to heart. Because, you know, if I spent a shit ton of time on a box and somebody turned around and was like, oh, yeah, it looks like crap. And I, my feelings would be hurt, too. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Batman's tricking me not to have feelings, so I can't really answer that. But no, um, I will say um, cosplay, and I've said it time and time again, cosplay is totally subjective. It's not – It's there, there really isn't a right or wrong way to do it. Pride has to be stuck, set aside. I mean there's no there's – no, cosplay doesn't have a race, a gender, a color, a religion, um, any kind of different art form than – what it just is and it's just a whole bunch of nerds getting together suiting up or just trying something even even if you just threw a bandana around your eyes and cut out two holes and threw on a black t-shirt black pants and some black shoes and you called yourself i'm i'm so and so you're cosplaying you're doing it it's a cosplay it counts like don't let anyone tell you that it doesn't it does 
there's different calibers and tiers for cosplay and there's nothing wrong with that because not everyone starts off uh, at a high-end budget or suit or whatever and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that some of the best people make with what they got and it makes awesome content in itself um, and if you think about it even the people who just start off and they start with very little uh, resources come up with the coolest characters because yeah, I have a Nightwing suit. Yeah, I have a Batman suit. I have a Robin suit. Guess how many other Batman, Nightwing, Robins there are? There's a ton of them. But how many characters are original like yours or like a spinoff, you know? Um, there's people who've made suits out of cardboard boxes, and they're amazing. They're like on the same level as like these armor builds that people have with foam. But it blows my mind because I'm like, who's not seeing this? This is amazing. So I actually do uh, try to take my time and kind of just search different hashtags and look up like new cosplayers if I can, try to give them some shine here and there because it's like, yo, you're worthy. Like I'm not anyone to say that you are, but I want people to know like, hey, like if you really feel like this, you're not in in this or feel like you're a part of this, you are, you know? I love this mentality that you've brought to cosplay because I feel like it's lacking in social media. Like I say, a lot of the trolls and the bullying and people are just, you know, they start to form clicks kind of, of, you know, well, you're not, you're not worthy. You're not good enough. And it's really not good for anybody's mental health when you're using cosplay as an outlet to be not only creative, but to, to be yourself. Right. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they try to be gatekeepers and um, I've dealt with my fair share of trolls. I mean, like granted, I, even starting with you guys, what, about three years ago, I didn't have the amount of following success that I had back then, but I wanted to, I knew I had a goal. I knew it wasn't just going to happen overnight. I knew it takes time. So I did things to get there. Granted. Yeah. I've gotten tons of trolls and comments and people in the DMS about like, Oh, this is off or that's not correct or terrible. Boom, boom, boom. And a lot of people feel like, Hey, the persona that I have on social media is like, that is how I am in real life and how I am without the mask on. So and it's fine because I rather them come at me because I can take it rather than look for a small cosplay or a small group of following and try to belittle them rather than they can come at me and attack me because I'm like, yeah, come on. What else you got? That's a good one. I've heard that one next. Try it again. It's just like writing. I have a lot of writers who come to TGON and they, they've been told, no, no, you're not good enough. You can't be published. You can't. Well, how do you get onto these big, you know, writing outlets without experience? You have to start somewhere and just being told, okay, here you can publish. Okay. And then to go through the process of creating something, get it ready to be published or to get it ready for a convention, put it on that day and go out there. That takes cojones whether you're a writer or you're a cosplayer. So nobody on this earth should give you shit for being awesome and putting that cosplay on. Cause that took balls to walk up the door. Um, not everybody is comfortable wearing a cosplay outside the door, you know, but nobody should be giving you crap for your life's decisions or the fact that you feel good or you're proud of something. Like I said, I can spend millions of hours on Andy's project. And if somebody told me it looked like crap or they noticed something was wrong, of course, my OCD brain is going to start hyperventilating. I've seen the nasty side of cosplay. There's some mean ass human beings out there who really don't deserve time and energy or the ability to be behind a keyboard. But you always go out of your way to make people feel good. I try to. Um, I also try to make sure I just it, I just try to entertain as well when it comes to my content. So when people come there, they're like, oh, rude guy or, you know, a douchey looking guy, whatever it may be. But I'm like, hey, if you meet me in person, if you actually get to know me, there's a difference. But I'm not necessarily concerned with that. Once again, skills and talents of things I don't have. And that's why I admire you guys. The extent of my cosplaying is the box and wearing my TGON t-shirt when, when I'm there. And protect the box. That's usually, well, unless it's John and Andy, because usually the two of them are, oh, God. When there's more boxes, more panic. Should be like a like a like a crew around them, like a, a like their own bodyguards, and like across their shirt says "Protect the box." The last convention, that's what we did. Uh, I was so pregnant at that time, I couldn't keep up with them. So we actually had two of our Funko friends come, and they kind of were behind them and in front of them, so that at least we could kind of keep moving. Because the problem is, people come up behind them and they can't hear. So they start banging on the back of the box and then all the bo backs of my box gets all 
Oh. jacked up and of course me nine months pregnant with marvel waddling through a convention i can't move that fast now it's andy is trying to figure out how he can incorporate marvel so rides are now in the picture he's he's planning a lot of stuff his wheels are turning we just needed to wait for conventions he was really pissed off with with covid because that killed eccc and he had the best cosplay for for that and now marvel's just too big for it so we got to move on that's why i ask you about how you how you think up these cosplays and everything because Andy has like a journal list of all the characters that he would want to do Funko boxes of and he's literally just gone through the house and gone like this like all right which one do oh you you I could do you and then he'd write it down and everything like that so he's got like a good list of going his requirements is it can't wear a mask it can't be a full-on suit suit and nothing just absolutely ridiculous like costume wise because the box alone is heavy and weighs probably about 10 15 pounds so it's a pain in the ass and it's hot you don't want to wear anything hotter as you like to say it holds in the sweat it holds in it holds in a ton of sweat <laughs> it does it's like steaming too especially when we do our photo shoots and either uh it's it's crazy i actually just had my first photo shoot in uh, my dick grayson batman suit and uh, I've never done a shoot with a cowl on and it's been a couple of years since I actually had a cape on too. So I forgot how, you know, it sounds weird, but I forgot how, how it felt to have a cape back on. I was knocking stuff over. I was like, Oh, yikes. And then I turned around to try to pick it up and I knocked something else over. I'm like, juice, what's going on? And then I try to pick something up, but then I forget the cow has two ears pointing out. So I knock over something else. And I'm just like, geez. So after the shoot was over, I take it, take it, uh, take the cowl off and it's just sweat. Andy can't fit in all doorways. So when you go through certain convention doors, I have to double check before he goes through because he might not fit. And you know how like some of the doors have the out jams? Well, then they'll scrape the side of the box. So we have to be careful about that. But as soon as he takes it off, you see where he's where he's worn it because it's just like a whole sweat mark. He's like, all right, I'm done. Yeah, those, those uh, stress marks from it too, right? Just where all the weight's holding down on the straps. Yep. Oh, the joys of cosplaying. But, you know, it once again, you talk about, you know, we do it for the fun and seeing the people, you know, and he goes, if I didn't get that kind of reaction and that, I, you know, that kind of vibe at the conventions, I wouldn't go through all this work and energy. It's It really is the interaction and people being like, wow, this is so cool. Just like any other artist or, I mean, you could talk about game, movie. Yeah. No, for sure. And like, that's what I was speaking about is the instant gratification you get uh, when you see someone like, even if you see them from a distance, like um, the cool thing when I had my Deadpool mask or, and now with my Batman uh, cow, uh, is that like, yes, I'm focused right in front of me to make sure I don't knock anyone over, but I could always catch a glimpse from my peripherals of someone that are like a kid, like, oh my gosh, pointing from like a distance. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to definitely go over there. That kid wants to come say hi. I want to make sure. You know, I want to do things for the kids. Like if I went, I guess, like back in Texas, we used to go to Six Flags and you would see all the heroes, but they would always be on an agenda. Like they need to get to point A to point B. I, if I had free time, I'd make sure I'm like, no, that kid, that kid's point B. I'm going over there. Let me say what's up to him. And it just sparks their whole entire day because they really think that they're going to just like get close to me or just say hi. And, and, you know, sometimes the younger they are, they want to hug. So I give them a hug or high five or we'll do a regular photo. But then I'll like squat down. I'm like, nah, let's do a cool photo here. Hold one of my props. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, hold this thing. Let's, let's like peace signs. Let's throw something up. You know what I mean? And they just get a kick out of it. And it's like that kind of impression they're never going to forget. So that's one of the, again, another one of my favorite things. You're given memories and that's all that matters because really these kids are going to remember that moment, you know, not like they're going to Google you. Uh, Cause most of the, when we talk about the, most of these kids are pre-internet, pre-phone. So it's not like they're going to Google, you know, the Nightwing guy from Texas or something, you know, like. <laughs> Say that man, technology and these kids today, it's catching up. Like, they get an iPhone or iPad or something as soon as they come out, you know, the womb and they're like, ready, where's this at? I've heard about this thing called iPad, iPod. I need it. Let's go. 
Yeah, my daughter knows how to FaceTime people. She also knows how to get to Bluey on uh, Disney Plus now. So, which now has season two, in case all the listeners were wondering. Season two is on Disney Plus. So, there you go. Well, Disney plug in right there. Every podcast, I have to do a Bluey update because that's all I was watching at one point was I wasn't watching anything new. Now, I finally am now starting to watch new things now at night. But for a while, the only thing, you know, people would ask me, oh, what are you watching? I'd be like, I'm watching fucking Bluey. Have you watched fucking Bluey? It's great. Yeah. So now it's become the running joke on the podcast is everybody needs their Bluey update with every episode. So I forgot to give it a banning. There's your Bluey update. At this point, our goal is to go to Australia so that we can see Bluey live on stage and go pet the koalas at the Australian Zoo. So that's, you know, bucket goals. Ultimate goal. If you can throw in uh, a New Zealand trip while you're there and go see uh, the Shire. But I know I'm not going to get my husband to go there because he's really tempting me to get rid of my Lord of the Rings collection right now. So we'll see how much we'll see how much longer that stays in the house as we were talking. We're downsizing. We're going to be moving soon. So for a second, I thought you were going to say uh, I, I would, but Andy has a huge phobia of hobbits and he really thinks that going to the home of the Shire is where, you know, it's all going to come to life. No, he actually refers to Marvel as a hobbit because she eats on a hobbit schedule. Like she literally just nonstops so that child eats nothing. She's like a hobbit. And then when it comes to potatoes, there's literally not one kind of potato that can, yeah. Mash them, boil them, stick them in a stew. Yeah. Classic. A lot of people don't even realize like this is, I love talking stuff like this away from like, you know, obviously I like my DC Marvel stuff, but then when they're like, is this guy really nerdy or whatnot? I'm like, dude, like we can break down some more of the rings. Like I was just talking to one of my friends and we had a group chat and um, we we're playing uh, like a game. We we're playing a Star Wars game and we we're just talking like, hey, have you seen Lord of the Rings? And we're like, yeah, the extended edition. And then the other buddy hops in and he's like, so I saw the regular version. We're like, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean the regular version? He goes, the theatrical version. I was like, that's just, that's everyone else. The regular version is the extended edition on all the trilogies with no subtitles so you will learn the elvish language you will learn it and you will like it that's how you will do it yeah no marvel can't stand the hobbit yet or any of the lord of the rings still too early for that so i'm gonna be honest it's either moana or zootopia in our house that's the only two options ever um oh cars just recently made it into the wheelhouse here we're a big fan of mater Mas Mateo, I would like to thank you for coming and being on the podcast with us today. Where can our fans follow you, stalk you? What are you working on? Give us all the details. All right. So you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, even though I need to go back to post on there. I don't really do that much content, but I need to. But it's all Mas Mateo, uh, M-A-S-K-E-D underscore M-A-T-O and uh, that's pretty much where you can find me. I'm on all of those things. Uh, I try to update as much as I can, uh, on including Vero, uh, Vero True Social. It's a great app. And then uh, YouTube, still working around with that YouTube channel, but it's there. There's going to be content coming. And hopefully when cons start opening up, I can just start, boom, start letting people know, like, hey, I'm going to be here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be here. I'm going to do this. Um, taking pictures with me too, I'm going to tell you guys right now, that is free. Don't offer to, hey, uh, you know, how much is it for a photo? I'm like, hey, just as long as you're not cutting somebody off, but yeah, let's hop in and let's do a photo. I know people are a lot hesitant when it comes to, uh, you know, trying to take a photo because a lot of times some cosplayers, nothing against it, but some people are like, hey, that's how I get my money back. I'm I'm not in for the money. I'm just like, hey, you want to take a photo? Let's do this. Let's create a memory, you know? But uh, yeah, so Mass and Tail on all platforms. Big shout outs, huge shout out, tremendous shout outs to, I always say my team because in my head, they're part of my team, even though like we're all friends. But I always say like if, if I have any success uh, doing this cosplay stuff, I'm always going to make sure that they get their praises because without them, I wouldn't be where I am. Uh, that includes uh, Jeff Jenkins, amazing photographer, along with Jason LaBoy, along with Tommy Fotisane, um, and then my suit makers are Gaslight underscore co, Unmasked Studios, and then prop makers would be TN3D Printed along with Tiger Stone Effects. And a huge shout out to the Game of Nerds, such as yourself, because again, you guys were the first ones who really put me on. And without y'all backing me for so long, coming up on three years technically, 
I wouldn't have had this much success either. So thank you. And like a true professional, he shows you cosplayers how it's freaking done. You got any projects coming up besides cons? There is a project that I'm just going to say it now. Um, Nashville Knight and myself are working on a film. And it is an original storyline with some liberties from the DC realm. But we are 100% sure that no one has done this storyline. We've gotten some great feedbacks for it so far, and we're going to start filming this summer. You heard it here first, folks. I want to thank you, Mass Mateo, for swinging in and chatting with us today. If you want to see more of our amazing cosplayers or the latest nerd news, reviews, or recommendations, you can head over to thegameofnerds.com. We can also be found on all major social media from Facebook to Tumblr as The Game of Nerds. Make sure you subscribe to The Game of Nerds podcast on your favorite podcasting platform so you don't miss out on any new episodes. Remember, when you play for The Game of Nerds, you either level up or respawn.